I literally sat there kind of tearing up because I'm like, I never even thought about this. Like, it's just blank. Like, I don't know what to say. What's happening, Skid Steer Nation? It's Ryan Deemer, and we're back with another episode of the Skid Steer Nation podcast. And this week, I am truly excited to have this conversation. Our guest is named Jeremy Holbrooks. He is from Greenville, South Carolina. And he has taken time away from his business to focus on strengthening his relationship with his wife and his family and his Lord. And it has maximized his business. So we're going to dig into how putting yourself first can actually help you grow your business today. Before I introduce Jeremy, I want to take just a half a second to remind all of you that it's November. The end of the year is coming through. If you're looking for tax deductions, don't forget, skid steer attachments can be 100% written off this year. So head over to skidsteernation.com. We sell only high-quality American-made attachments from American family-owned manufacturers. We've pretty much got a whole assortment of anything that would help you do your jobs faster and increase your return on investment and make more money. So for your next skid steer attachment, skidsteernation.com. And with that, Jeremy, welcome to the podcast, man. I'm excited to have you. Yeah, thanks so much, man. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, um, so that's that's something that's huge in my life too is is continual development, both professionally and personally. So I'm really excited to like kind of dig into that and just see see how that's benefited you. With you've been, I think you said for the last nine months or so, and yeah. uh, just kind of to hear your experience where you started with where you're at now and kind of how your goals have changed moving forward. But before we put the cart in front of the horse, I do want to just take a few minutes because people get a feel for you, how you, who you are, what your business is and all that. So you own a company called Holbrook's Outdoor Solutions, and you started this back in like 2016? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I mean, it switched names. Um, it was uh, Holbrook Services and Holbrook's Outdoor and Dumpster Solutions, and now it's Holbrook's Outdoor Solutions. And um, just kind of like the blow backstory on me, I mean... I think I've listened to a lot of your podcasts and everyone kind of much says the same as, you know, we started out cutting grass and I started cutting grass in middle school and all through high school. And, um, I've always been the outdoor kind of guy and I always want to have my own business. And I'd be honest, I don't like working for other people. I like working for myself and I've always had viewership in me and just to work for myself and grow a business. And, uh, I started cutting grass, just a little lawnmower, um, or ride a lawnmower, push more and a weed eater and a old, uh, Chevy pickup and, um, have at it and earn a little money on the side, saved up and, um, started doing landscaping, you know, mulch and plants, stuff like that. And then kind of carried on to, uh, doing hardscaping and kind of gotten bigger into the hardscaping side, retaining walls, pavers, fire pits, and then still doing the landscape and just not cutting grass. And then I've always had this niche of like heavy equipment and big equipment. So I've always wanted to clear land um, site. I call it site prep and um, kind of. Uh, so I've done land, you know, cutting grass, landscape and hardscaping, grading. And now we're into the site prep, the land clearing part. So that's so a little backstory the, on me. All right. What was the transition but, from cutting grass to actually getting some heavier equipment back in 2016? transition um it was you talked about how many like uh like the, the did you, difference did you have like an opportunity for a job that you didn't have equipment to do and that kind of forced you to do that or is it just that was the goal and you were saving money for it or how, what, what got you into buying heavier equipment so you could do larger land service work 
well, I, I got tired of renting stuff. Like it's just, especially this day and age, renting is so expensive. You might as well buy one and the, the payment's cheaper than the rental for a day. So I actually uh, didn't buy anything for a couple of years. I got into the, uh, like I said, the land, uh, the hardscape inside. And, you know, you don't really need a big machinery for that. Uh, so I bought a little dingo and uh, that worked wonders and then grew myself up to a skid steer, uh, like a Kubota 75. And then work my way up to uh, a Kubota 95, which I currently still have. And uh, just kind of work my way up. I, I always had in the back of my head that I wanted to be a grader, uh, like a site prep side of things. And um, I've always wanted to offer my builder like a one-stop shop uh, person. So, you know, we'll come in, clear the lot, you know, dig the house, you know, dig a basement, build a house pad, put a construction entrance in. And if the project needs a retaining wall, I know how to do it, you know. And, uh, but the transition, man, just kind of worked my way up. I knew where I wanted to be, but I was kind of, I didn't, I didn't necessarily see the vision where I am today, but I was always in the back of my head. I wanted to be a grader and have that heavy equipment one day. Nice. Nice. So you're kind of promoting yourself as a one-stop solution for breaking raw ground to prep for a new home, to finish grading at the end and turning it over. How do you promote that? to, you know, to contractors or to homeowners? So um, basically, again, before I started this journey of um, learning, you know, hiring a business coach and hiring a, a mentor, I did a lot of things different. So I'll talk about that before. Um, so basically, my old ways was just Facebook. I really wasn't into Instagram. Um, just kind of like, you know, taking a picture of before and after jobs. I didn't know how to do reels at that time. And then uh, I would just... I was really lucky. I started um, really young in it and I kind of knew a lot of people. And then, um, you know, you do a job in a neighborhood, the neighbor sees it and then you do a job and then they have a little Facebook group and they post in there and then boom, voila. But uh, now, now that I have learned, you know, the new way or the, the, you know, the way I I call it, which I didn't know before is just cold calling. Uh, I cold call uh, all the time. It's been a key success to my, um, business, um, the past nine months. And, um, I was really nervous at first of, uh, you know, like no one wants to do the hard stuff, you know, call them and, you know, and get a hundred no's. And, um, but I've got really comfortable with it. I love it. And it's, it's honestly a, um, I kind of like doing that. That's like my thing. I love making 10 phone calls a day to random people, uh, could be, um, what I call a VIP list. So a 50 VIP list. So I have my builders that I have on a paper. I call them a VIP list. And then, you know, if I need some business or stir up some business, I call those folks or, you know, I'll cold call, I'll look up local contractors, um, project managers, builders, uh, general contractors in the area. And then I'll call them up. And normally you get a, um, a lady on the phone, an office lady. And, um, you know, you just ask, can you be shot in the, you know, in the, you know, shot in the right direction of where I, who I can talk to about, you know, in the estimating field or uh, being a subcontractor for you. And then you just email them some information and then you just kind of uh, check up in the next couple of weeks and then you just stay in contact, bring donuts, bring coffee. Um, so, yeah, it's been a really good, like total shift change into before and now and um, the reels, Facebook, Instagram. I mean, that's all the key. Yeah, it is. And I, and I love what you're talking about the cold calling. Cause it, I mean, it does, like, especially at the beginning when you have to start cold calling, like you're nervous, you hate it. you don't like yeah. being told no. And, um, it's just not fun at all. 
And, and you know, so when we when we work with people that business owners like yourself, instead of calling it a VIP list, we call it like the Dream 100 or the Dream 50, depending on the size mm-hmm. of your area and all that. Like, who if you could do all of your work with these 25 customers, who are they? You know, that's your Dream 25. And then I always tell them to make a radius. Like, what's your work radius? You know, is it 40 minutes? Um, an hour, hour. No, no I'm, just, I'm just saying. Okay. Like, okay. And yeah. then. Start at the very outside of your work area, and that's where you uh-huh. start making your first phone calls because you're going to suck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's not burn sure. a bridge with the number one guy you want to work with. Let's learn <laughs> how to talk to him with the guys that you're like, yeah, I messed that one up. Big deal. Yeah. Like I said, it was a total transition. Like I was really nervous, didn't know what to say. I had like a script wrote down, and then you just totally don't even say what you wrote down. And it's, yeah. it's, um, but now it's like, you know, it's like, boom, you know, it's, you know, I say what I say. And, uh, well, first, you know, you introduce yourself. You know, it's kind of like I used to go straight to the point, but, you know, you ask them how their day's going or how's the weather today. You know, you kind of get, you could, you got to feel the conversation, you know, and um, become likable. And um, you got to be the guy. And um, so it's just really a learning curve. But once you get into it and do it a couple of times, no one's there to laugh at you. No one's there to, you know, to say you did a bad job. You know, you got to get in there and try it. And then, um, like I said, I was really nervous at first. Probably my first hundred phone calls, I probably didn't land a job from. And then after that, it was just boom, bada bang, you know, and here comes the work, here comes the jobs, here comes to, you know, I'm booked for a month. And um, this has been great. Absolutely. That's, that's awesome. And the nice thing about it is the customers that you're calling, like the, the construction companies, the contractors, the estimators, they're not in a niche that gets cold calls all day, every day from people wanting work. So yeah, they're not pre-programmed to say, no, we're good. Like they're open to having those conversations. So, you know, if you were selling leads to real estate agents, like you'd never talk to anybody. <laughs> right. 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 You know, hey, I've got equipment and I can make your job and your life easier. Here's a portfolio of the work I've done. They're interested. Perfect. Yeah. That's, that's kind of like what I'd say is, uh, you know, what problems are you having with your current contractors I can help with? Um, here's what I can offer. And uh, I'd like to set up a time to, to meet with you or you have a couple of jobs that you'd like an estimate on. I mean, it, it it's endless what you could say. Just be the guy, be likable, show up. Yeah, ask a lot and of questions. Normally, you know, they, they're. Yeah, normally they have a job that a contractor didn't show up on. They need an estimate. I mean, you know, it's it's you'll sometimes find a really loyal grading contractor that's been with their grader for 20 odd years. And they're like, you know, hey, I've been with this guy for 20 years. And that's okay. You just say, well, you know, here's my information. If he's, you know, if he's too busy one day or, you know, he retires, whatever that may be, you have my information on file. And it's really simple as that. Yeah. If life happens and you're in a bind and he's on vacation or sick and you need a job done, give us a Yeah, that's right. So has this whole cold calling approach, has it changed all of your marketing? Like, do you do less and less traditional paid marketing because you're busy enough with this outreach approach and networking? So I actually don't pay for any advertising at this moment. I have done that in the past. I never really got good anything out of it. Maybe I'm doing it wrong on Facebook. I know I've watched a couple of your, uh, a couple of your podcasts and you talked about generating leads on Facebook and stuff like that. And maybe we can go on and talk about that later on, but riser right now is cold calling, uh, face to face, uh, referrals. Uh, people see my reels on Facebook, um, that comment or email. 
um and me just out you know just finding the right niche like calling it's okay like at first i didn't call the people that's in my same like other graders or other land clear companies you know at first i didn't call them i just called builders well it's okay to call the same people in your in your in your line of work they might be really behind and they need someone to come in and help them so honestly i have not paid one uh, advertisement, and I would say in the last six months, it's been, it's been straight cold calling, face-to-face referrals. I've actually generated almost $150,000 worth of work recently just off cold calling. Huh, that's awesome. And then how did you make that part of your daily routine? Like, Because it's easy to get busy with work and you're worried about loads getting delivered or meeting with this customer yeah. at a certain time. Then you're like, oh, shit, I didn't make my 10 phone calls today. <laughs> so that that happens all the time but my my um my uh business coach is really um really on me and really instilled into me uh it's called a time block yeah. and that, it, it, again it's just a target you know obviously you know things happen where you know things get missed but you write out you know you plan your day you know the day before and um it honestly it can take 30 minutes to 45 minutes you know, take lunch, go in the truck and make a phone call. But uh, it's just what we call time blocking. You know, when you wake up to the time you when you wake up and the time you on the way home and, you know, um, out through the day. So that's really been a big, big key. Um, I would say, you know, again, it's just a target. You know, sometimes it does get missed and that's OK, but keep going. Yeah, my calendar's time block from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. every day. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I've never done that before I met, before I met him and um, my life was hectic. I feel like I've never had much time in the day, but actually, you know, if you do a, you know, a time block and you schedule your time, you have all the day, you have all the time in the world. It's catch 22. Cause like as an entrepreneur, like I, I like the freedom of running my own business. And then I'm like to be a, you know, to be attached to the calendar and have this mm-hmm. feeling of, Oh, I need to do this task because it's between seven and 8 AM. Like I, I had a lot of resistance towards it at the beginning. For sure. At the beginning, you know, like he said, right at time block, you know, this was nine months ago. And I'm like, what is that? Like, like, what do you mean? You know, I didn't know anything about it. I didn't really know. I wasn't a scheduled person. I just like, oh, you know, you know, we'll get that done on this day. And, you know, and, you know, I'll miss that day. But now it's, you know, my whole, I think the key to my success now is just being, being the guy showing up when I say we're going to show up. I have a plan. And uh, obviously, you know, I'm still working on that. I'm not saying I'm the best at it, but having a plan and having a plan for every job is what I'm, you know, working on is now is just having everything run smoothly. And it can, you just have to, you know, be a really good project manager. That's what I, and another thing too, being a, you know, like a one, a one off, you know, I don't have any employees at this time, but being the one guy, I mean, you gotta, you gotta do the paperwork, you gotta you got a cold call, you got to get the work, do the work. And on top of that, you got to schedule all this stuff. So it's really, you know, that's where time blocking comes in as well. It's just, you have to learn a lot of, you have to do a lot of things, you know, and it's, it's hard to balance that sometimes. And I, I fall short, you know, uh, sometimes as well. Um, but I don't give up and I just keep going. I live by this advice and I share with everybody I meet, like there's going to reach a point where you cannot physically do all the work yourself anymore. And I always tell everybody like double down on the things you're good at and enjoy doing and outsource the ones that you dread doing every week or every day. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard that 
so many times and uh, I've had four employees at one time, but I've kind of scaled back and just kind of uh, regrouped a little bit, I would say. And um, it's just me right now. And I'm looking to, to uh, my goal is to hire a crew next year, but uh, I want to get through the winter and, and um, see how this, this time of year goes. And then we'll see where that goes. That's fantastic, man. So as we're talking about all these changes you've made in your life, I want to take a little bit of a backtrack. So you've been doing this program for about nine months now. So I would like mm-hmm. to go back to nine to 12 months ago. And like, what was your life looking like? And where where were you feeling overwhelmed at that you said, hey, I need to make a change? And you started seeking help from the outside. Yeah, so I was mentally just overwhelmed. I couldn't, I uh, didn't have any scheduling down. I was just, didn't have any work really. I was, but, but I was busy the year before. I bought this big equipment. I was in a, I had two dump trucks. I was in a ton of debt and I was struggling to pay, you know, find work and pay for the, the bill on the equipment. And my life was chaotic. And, um, were you able to unplug from those work thoughts of stress and worried about money and actually be engaged with your family? Or was it just eroding all areas of your life? It was, uh, in all areas as, as well. Like, you know, my family life as well. Like I wasn't, I'd rather work late than go home and see my kids. And that's hard, so that's really hard to say. Um, but that's just who I, I didn't want to go home. You know, I, I didn't, you know, I felt like I wasn't being the, the man I was supposed to be. You know, there's nothing wrong like with me and my wife or anything like that. But I felt like I wasn't, I wasn't being the man that God made me to be. And um, it was just that making no money in my business, just getting by paying, paying the machine payments. And then I uh, kept seeing this guy on Facebook and, you know, him, him helping other people in their lives. And I actually made a Facebook live about that of like telling people, you know, Hey, I'm ready to do this. I want what he has, you know, I want to change, you know, have a better life as a, as a father and, and show up. And then, um, that's what I like about him as well. It's not all focused on business. You know, it's, you know, it's personal as well as your family life. And, um, so yeah. That's fantastic, man. And um, so you make the you make the dive into basically hiring a coach to help you both professionally and personally. Mm-hmm. So walk us through the last nine months, like the the work that you put into this to make the changes, and then the the growth or the the relationships that you've seen prosper over the last yeah. nine months. Well, the first couple of months, I think it takes about you know, from my experience, it probably took a good three or four months or really dig like really digging in deep and being honest with yourself. Um, I was, I was, man. Yeah. Like I was already active. I used to be a wrestler, you know, uh, I wrestled in high school. So, but I was, I was overweight, you know, I was, you know, mentally, you know, just, just not there. And, uh, I was overweight, but I was still working out stuff like that. And then he sends you all these questions and you have to fill out all this stuff. Like, where do you see yourself out of, you know, when, when you turn 50 or, that's what really got me is when you, you have to write your, I call it your obituary, basically of like you're in the casket and like what your wife would have to stand up there and say about you and all these lies that you were this good person. You were this, this, and this, and that really got me. And, um, I really dug in deep, started being honest with myself and having hard conversations with your wife and putting them first. And so it took about three or four months, really, you know, digging in deep. And then, 
I started adding in, um, getting in God's word. And at first I was on the fence, like, oh, I don't really need that. You know, I, uh, I went to church all my life and it just didn't really have a good, a good connection or however, you know, however you want to say that it, you know, it didn't really have a good feeling about it. Just had some past experience, stuff like that. But I overcame that. And then I started, I started reading it, man. And I tell you what, it's so crazy how it works is I'll be something to be going on in my mind or the day before. And then your Bible app when your phone pops up and it's like exactly what's going on in your life at that time. And it's just crazy how that works. And it really got to me. And I was like, man, I, I really got to take this, you know, take this journey seriously. And I started incorporating that in my, um, my daily task and just started, you know, incorporating that and then started being a, a good steward in your family, you know, showing up, being a leader in, in your family and, and, uh, you know, you gotta, you gotta really um, prosper those moments with your family, man. Cause you only get one and um, started being a really good dad, being more involved, started showing up for them. And I used to shut my kids emotions out, like stop crying, you know, like don't do that. You know, I, I don't want to hear that, but in reality, you know, it's, it's okay to cry. You know, it, it, it's okay. You know, sh- you know, get down on one knee and just talk to them, you know, like no, a normal person, you know? Yeah. And, um, and just really starting to uh, focus it on my kids. I have a three-year-old and a, and a 10-month-old. So, And then uh, just starting to build that relationship with my wife again, that trusting relationship and involving her. I used to shut her out a lot because I was really stressed out about making money. And I felt like, you know, I was the breadwinner, but I wasn't making any money and I wasn't, I didn't know what to do, basically. And now that I involve her in my business and like she knows what's coming in, and my life, co- um, my life coach is really big on having a business meeting with your wife every week. And, um, but we kind of talk about it every day, you know, about, you know, what's coming in, what jobs we have. And that's another thing too, about being scheduled. You know, if your wife knows your schedule and she knows what's going on, communication is key and just involving her showing up for her, making, you know, personal special as well as your kids changing that, getting in God's word. And um, being uh, physically fit as well, um, and then changing your changing your mindset, you know, and um, that's been a really good key for me as well. Like I had a lot of self doubt issues, you know. Like I'm not, you know, there's no way I could ever be a millionaire, or I'm, there's no way I could do that job, you know, or get that job. And you put yourself in a box, and it's really crazy to think about it, you know. You you, you tell yourself, and you can't do this, and you can't do that. Well, you're exactly right. You never will. But if you turn that around and start saying, you know, I can do that and really believe it. And uh, I love this quote that I don't know if you know who Ed Milet is. He says, uh, you're closer to your your dreams than you think. And um, and that's really true. So it's just, man, it's just been a crazy nine months for me from going from this person that had a lot of self-doubt issues and wasn't showing up for his family and had and not having um, not running his business correctly into change in the past nine months into where I am showing up for my family. I am getting God's word and then changing me and my mental state. It's just been a total, total game changer on my business on how I run things. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. I remember somebody showed me this diagram and it was like a circle called the wheel of life and it had six or eight segments in it. And it was like relationships, work, health and around the horn. And and the premise was, is like, if you're feeling bad about your finances, it's going to erode it, let's say your health, because you won't have the motivation to get up and go to the gym because you think you need to work or you eat terrible because 
you're stressed out and you stress eat. And then that makes you feel, so it just showed you how one component of your life literally affects all eight components of your life. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And you're, and I'm really big on mental. Like once you change your headspace, it's amazing what you can do. Yeah. Do you ever do any breath work? Uh, so I started doing that, um, meditation and, um, but I've, uh, haven't, haven't done it lately. I've done it yeah. for like three weeks straight. It's really awesome. I did, um, did some cold showers as well. If you do cold showers long enough, you actually like look forward to it. It sounds, yeah, that's crazy. what I hear. That's what I hear. Like, you do it for like 45 I look forward days. To it like, you're like, Ooh, let's get it. Like it's exciting. Right. Yeah, for um, sure. And, and it's crazy. Cause like the, the purpose of the cold shower is to do something that your mind doesn't want to do to say, mm-hmm. Hey, you're not in charge. I'm in charge. We're doing this. Cause I said, we're doing it. And the, and the, and the kicker of it is, is like that instant change in cold is actually really, really good for your cardiovascular system. Yeah. I've, I've uh, studied a lot on it and um, I just seen a man up a little bit and just do it. You know, <laughs> I hear you, man. Well, it's, it's getting to be winter time here in Illinois. So the number of cold showers that I take, is substantially lower than it is in August. <laughs> I got you. I'm sure it's a lot colder. Or you and are I don't know. I don't. I don't know if you call it cheating or not. But the guy that I read a book on it was Aubrey Marcus. It was called Own the Day. Like he talked about it. He's like, listen, don't jump into a cold shower and like clean up and do that. He's like, get in the shower, wash your hair, wash your body, have your shower, then turn it to cold. Do your one to three minutes. So you yeah. can still enjoy the shower, but you're still going to get the benefits of the cold shower on top of that. Right, right. And if you yeah, sweat I, after the shower and you sweat through your t-shirt, the cold shower stops that. Oh, I used to, I mean, I still, I still do now. I, mean, I wake up really early before I get my day started. I, I go to the gym and I take a cold shower there. Okay. Um, so that, you know, I already have my truck and trailer, you know, at the gym and we just, I'm drip, you know, change my clothes and I'm ready to go. So yeah, that breath work, I tell you what, I can't, it's hard for me to like time block a 30 minute block to just sit there and do breath work. But mm-hmm. I've learned that you can take different, like the one that I do a lot of, it's called a box breath. So you breathe in for four seconds, hold it for four seconds, exhale out your mouth for four seconds, hold the exhale for four seconds, and just continue that box pattern. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I find that like after I do like a, a a really mental intense project, like I can feel myself in that fight or flight mode where like I'm like I'm tense. So before yeah. I go to the next, before I go to my next tax, I just take one to two minutes and I just do that breath. It just kind of helps me reset so I can actually focus on the next task at hand. Right. Yeah. I think I've done the Wim Hof uh, breath work oh, as Wim well. Wim Hof's crazy, man. Yeah. Yeah. So I've done that and I put on the, I I, I can't, maybe I'm saying it wrong, Tibetan music on YouTube. Yeah. The Tibetan. And, uh, yeah, man. And I just, I just get my little, cross my legs and just, man, it, it's, it feels really good. I need to incorporate it back in my uh, daily task. You want to really feel crazy? The Wim Hof breathing technique of like those 30 big inhales and exhales, mm-hmm. do that during the cold shower. Ah, yeah, I haven't thought about that. One, it doesn't make the cold cold anymore because you've actually oxygenated your body. So you're not as cold. So you're not getting the chills from the water. But that mm-hmm. incorporated with the blood flow from the cold. Like, there's times I got to put my hands on the side of the shower because I'm like a little lightheaded. Wow. And then my fiance that's- walks in. She's like, what the hell are you doing in there? You sound like a <laughs> dog that's. Yeah. Are you okay? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, man. Yeah. So, you know, you talked about, okay, so you've incorporated your wife into your business meetings. You're being substantially more intentional with your family and your kids when you're at home with them. 
Mm-hmm. And what did that do to you mentally that allowed you to push through the barriers you were having with your business? Well, it just felt like um, a lot more motivation because I had something like I, I was happy and I wasn't happy before. I had a lot more happiness in my life and a lot more my, like my like, like I said, when I cleared my mental, I was happy to wake up, go to the gyms, work, come home and spend time with it. I wasn't in my truck at eight o'clock, nine o'clock at night on my job site, twirling my thumb, I didn't want to go home. And um, so just a big motivation I want to show up for them. And I was excited just to show up and show the builders that the, the new builders that I had what I could offer and how good of a, how good of um, I would say it be the guy, you know, how good of a guy I, I could be and how great I could help them, you know, exceed in their business as well. And um, yeah. That's fantastic, man. I love that. So has, is this made you set, larger goals for yourself both personally and professionally for the next 12 or 36 months yeah um so we have three months six months 12 months three-year goals and um that quote i said earlier that i'm you know you're closer to your goals than you think you know i set these goals out and then when i started looking at like my tax returns and like my you know my business stuff i'm actually pretty close to my six-month goal and um so that was really cool to see as well and then um, I'm working on 2024 goals. And at first, I think like when someone says, you know, hey, write out your goals, you know, it's kind of like one of the things where I feel like maybe I'm the only one. I don't know. Maybe you've you know felt this in the past. There's a lot of self-doubt. A lot of things come and run through your head of like, man, I, there's no way I could like you write it down, but you don't really believe it. So now that I have like wrote down my goals, I truly believe that I can, you know, exceed that goal. And um I don't like to set goals where, you know, it's too high. You know, I like to set goals where, you know, hey, I know I could do this. And if I exceed that, awesome. Um, But I don't want to set myself up for failure. Yeah. So there's like two lines of thought there. Like one is to set a goal that's not achievable. Mm -hmm. And the theory is, is like shoot for the moon. And even if you miss, you land in the stars. You're farther ahead than you would have been regardless. So you can still put yourself on the back, right? Right. Um. I mean, so like there's two, two worlds of thought of that. Cause if you set your goals too low and you hit it, do you get complacent for the rest of the year? Like it depends on your personality type. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've never been complacent. I want to be, you know, I want to excel in everything I do. Um, so setting a goal is a really a big thing in a business as well, but actually achieving that goal and exceeding past that is a really really have a boost in your, in your mindset. And it just kind of helps you. Like you get another win, like, you know, you take these wins out through the day and then, you know, it turns into months, six months to a year. And then you're like, okay, you know, you keep that momentum going to the following year. So when you set your goals, do you start with like what you want to do in the next week, 30 days, 90 days, year, three years, five years, or do you go backwards? So I go forward. So, uh, so I go three, you know, three months, six months, 12 months, and then um, three-year goals. Obviously, you know, you can't tell the future. You, know, you have a three-year goal and you, know, you keep that in back of your mind, but that obviously can change. Um, but I, we like to do six, uh, th- uh, three months, six months, and 12-month goals. Mm-hmm. So I always do it the opposite direction. So I like to close my eyes and visualize where I want to see my life in either three, five, or 10 years. Like mm-hmm. the house I'm living in, the, 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 my relationships with my family, the team members in my business and all of that. And then when I can set that and I can like solidify that vision in my head, then mm-hmm. I can set goals for shorter time frames, whether it be one year, six months. 
that I'm like, hey, these are just benchmarks I need to hit to hit the real goal, which is the vision that I just created for myself. Okay. I like that. You can all, you know, and, and it's and it's fluid, right? It's your vision, your dream. So yeah. if, if if your life takes a pivot in six months, you just do the exercise again, start over. So it's you because know, like a lot of people look at that blank piece of paper and they're like, um, I don't know what I need to do next month because I don't know where I'm going. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you got to set the path of where you want to end up first. And that was me, you know, going back to that, you know, like, you know, he had all these questions, look, wrote out, like, where do you want to be in three months, six months, you know, three, five years when you're 50? Like, I literally sat there, like, kind of tearing up because I'm like, I never even thought about this. Like, it's just blank. Like, I don't know what to say. I have him on the phone and he's like, you know, asking me these questions. And I'm like, I don't know, man. I don't, I've never even thought about that. Like where I, where I'm, where I want to be at when I'm 50 with my family or even in my business or like, what does wife, you know, life look like at that time? And I never even sat down and really thought about it. And I don't know why I kind of tear it up, but just, just, it's kind of an emotional thing. Like, dang, I never even thought that far ahead. Yeah. So we have a thing we call it execute the plan and it's like a 15 page document and it, like the goal is to do it annually. And it's like, mm-hmm takes about four or five hours. Same thing that you're doing, like your goals, your missions, what are your personal values? What do you believe in? What do you want? And it just expands on all that. And the first time I did that, I mean, it, I, I didn't even finish it because I was just like, I don't know. Like, yeah. and you think about what you talked about, like, what does your life look like when you're 50? Like, I'm a lot closer to 50 than I am 25 today. And mm-hmm. I'll tell you right now, what I want my life to look like when I'm 50 and 60 is nothing like I thought I wanted it to look like when I was 25. It's crazy how that can change. Yeah, and it, and it's going to change for everybody, which is why you have to be you have to let your goals and your visions be lucid so that you can move them around and readjust them. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, right, so I'll tell you what. Go ahead. Why don't we share some of your goals? Like what what's your goal for the business the next 12 months? Yeah, so I um I got um again, I'm a one man show at this at, at this time. I'd love to I want to hire a uh, assistant to, you know, schedule my phone calls, my meetings and handle like the, the billing and the invoicing and, you know, you know, picking up checks, stuff like that. And then I would like to hire a full-time crew, a two-man crew and get them started. Uh, I kind of entered into the track home side doing like the driveway cuts and the, the final grades, mid grades, stuff like that. Normally I focus on custom builders. So now I kind of got both going on and I'm currently doing both. So, uh, you know, in 2024, my goal is to hire a two man crew, have their own truck machine, have them do the track home side. I'm focusing on the, the custom side. Uh, another goal of mine is to, I actually haven't wrote down uh, if you like me to read them, but uh, another goal is to, to uh, have a million dollars in sales, you know, I have never done that. Uh, I've got to like 600,000, you know, I'd love to get a million um, and, you know, and then hire a someone to cover, like I said, like the invoices and stuff like that. So really, that's really a, a, a really goal of mine. And then so the business do a million and profit 250. Um, and I know that sounds, you know, pretty pristine numbers, but I've never profited. Well, I think that those much. probably sound like some big numbers to most people listening. I mean, a lot of guys are just like you, yeah. where you know you started yeah. out doing fifty grand a year, then you hit two hundred, three, four, and then you kind of hit that plateau somewhere between three and six hundred, and you don't know how to mm-hmm. break that glass ceiling to get to the next level. 
Right. And like I said, uh, I was in a bunch of debt. Like I had a, a big excavator and a, uh, dump trucks and, um, a lot of equipment and I was struggling to pay, you know, pay, pay the, the payments on it. And now that I have sold those things and kind of regroup and restructured my business, you know, I am making more money than, you know, obviously than I ever have. And those goals don't seem undoable, you know, like don't seem like I can, I can't do it at first it did. But now that I have, you know, been on this journey and, uh, done this, I have really changed, you know, you know, everything. And, and being like, well, being the guy, you know, making these calls, I feel like I'm going to be, I'm going to excel that, you know, that goal. So what are your action items that you're going to put in place for 2024 to go from 600,000 to a million? Hire a crew. Okay. I want to take these last couple months of this year and focus on getting a system and down pat for these track home builders and love to hire, like, like I said, a crew to teach them and do it correctly, do it efficiently, become really good at it. And I want to have both going on track home and custom. And I want to really work that together and really focus on growing the custom side and being really good in the track home. Now, again, the custom size up and down the track home, you know, we just have a lot of people moving here and obviously they're building houses like crazy and it's year round work. And I feel like that can be a really good niche to be in. And what's different is I'm not in a bunch of debt. I have money in the bank where I can kind of focus on, you know, you know how like when you first kind of get started out where these, I never could think about being a track home, being in the track home because I never could wait 30 days on my money, like to get paid. So now that I have a little bit of money stacked up, I can, I, I can wait 30 days, 45 days to get paid. Especially can, if that works only a percentage of your business. Right. So it's nice to have a little, you know, a little bit saved up, focused on that side. It's okay to get paid, you know, what, what way to get paid. And I can fully focus on growing the grading side of it. I did hauling. I did all this other stuff, have my hands in a lot of things. Now that I've kind of focused on three things, my 2024 goals has totally changed just to focus on these three things and excel at it. Yeah. And I preach this too. And I, and I actually have to go through this, this with myself, my own personal and professional life too, but you know, the, the tighter niche you can put yourself into, and it seems like you're putting yourself in a pigeonhole, like, Oh, I need to be able to do all these different services. But when you really dial in and get one really good niche, like that's when you can make some serious money. I'm learning that a lot. I, I've done um, dumpsters, I've done hardscaping, landscaping, all kind of stuff. And, and, you know, you just feel that's another reason why I think I came on this journey because I just felt like I had my hands in too many things and I couldn't fully focus on one thing. I know it was self-inflicted, you know, cause you want to do it all. You want to offer it all. Um, but you know how people say uh, a jack of all trades, master of none. I don't want to be that. I want to be a master at what I do and be the best at it. Mm-hmm. And, and it's true. I mean, our first guest in the podcast, all he does is grading services and his, his business name is, you know, lead grading and, and he makes a lot of money and everybody yeah. in the whole area calls him for grading and driveway repair or site prep. And even other contractors, like if it's a job they don't really want, cause it's in that and they, they want to do more yeah. drainage. They send it to like, he's the guy he gets referrals from customers, from other contractors. He ranks ridiculously well in his local area online. 
because he's so like about a small amount of keywords. That's what I like about it, how you said he's the guy. Well, that's what I'm, you know, incorporating, you know, be the guy. And that means that can mean a number of things. Again, don't put yourself in a box, call real estate agents, call people you wouldn't think that would ever call you, you know, cause they might know somebody or they might be a painter and they're painting a house and the homeowner says, Hey, like I need to get this, you know, this driveway cut in, but I have no one to call. Do you have a guy? I got a guy, you know, Jeremy Holbrooks or, you know, whoever. And um, your web presence, you know, you know, I, I call it, you know, your Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok. It's all free. And, you know, how he's talking about earlier, like cold calls, how awkward it is. It's a little off, you know, at first it's awkward to be, you know, making a video of yourself. Don't know what to say. But again, you just got to get in there to try it. You know, like just I was totally nervous you know, my first reels and stuff like that probably didn't look as good, but it's the same thing as cold calling. You just got to get in there and do it. You know, you know, it's not going to be your best probably at first, but now it's just like a piece of cake. Yeah. And, and a bad piece of content is better than no content and you got to right. start somewhere. And the thing about it is people may not like share or anything with your videos, but they're seeing it, you know, and the, and it's most of the time, not your friends. It's mostly people who, they won't say anything, but they, they see you. And then when you go up to a gas station, you're like, hey, you're that guy I see on TikTok or Facebook. And what really changed my whole content setup is whenever I got a message off of TikTok, I uploaded a, just a, took a quick video of me doing clearing some land and some guy messaged me off TikTok asking, can, can you get a quote in my area? And um, I just thought that was really cool, you know, because, you know, TikTok, you would never think, I guess me back then, I would never think I would ever get a, comment or someone want me to give them a quote through that type of content so i just i just think it's it's really cool on the web presence like showing up being the guy and like i said you, you show up to a gas station or trash supply where it may be and people know who you are and they're going to refer you yep and the thing that we got to remember about social media like look at all the media that you consume the videos you watch on tiktok or the posts that you read it's people that's letting you into their real life, their real business. Like they're sharing the failures with the successes. And I find too many times business owners are so worried about having a chink in their armor per se. Like, oh, I, I won't be good at that. So I don't want customers to see that. I'm going to think I'm bad at my job. Like your job isn't making videos. Your job is grade work, right? Like, Right, for sure. So, but people like that. Like when the machine breaks down and your day goes to shit and you've got to quit working and go two hours and call the customer and tell them it's going to be an extra day. Like, Hey, this is how we have to communicate. Sometimes it's not the news we always want to share, but we'd rather share it with them up front than make them find out at the end of the day. You know, that's the stuff people go, Oh, I like a guy like that. He's, you know, I can count on him to keep me informed throughout the step of the process. I'm learning to like, you know, any business you, you, you run, you have communications key, not only with your people you work for, but with your family as well, your wife, in you know your work you know whoever's working with you be be overly communicative you know you you never i feel like you never not can be too communicative and i like what you said is like no one wants to see the bad stuff or like the bad you know the struggles well i was kind of like the same that at first as well i didn't want people to see me you know kind of messing up here or or uh, not looking as good you know i was worried about what people thought or what they think you know again you just got to get in there and do it man and like uh, I upload a video of my trap coming off on a, on a, on a job, like us taking it off, putting it back on, we put it on 
it turns out the track actually, you know, slid all the way through. So all that work be done is just wasted. So the track was good, but it just broke. So I had to take it, get it fit. You know, it was just a, a mess day. But people, I feel like people want to know, you know, more than just seeing you perfect all the time, grading. So I get, they want to see the struggles and the, it's kind of like a story. You're telling your life story through this little 90 second clip of your day. And I think it's really cool. I watch other people's as well. And some people just upload the good stuff. And I th- you know, everybody has struggles. So I like that whenever you said and, for sure. And listen, man, a majority of the people that walk this planet, they tear you down when you start getting successful. And it's not because they don't think you deserve success, but if you can be successful, that means they had to look in the mirror and say, oh man, I could be successful too. And it's easier to be a victim than it is to go put the hard work on and go be successful. So that's why people drag you backwards, right? Yeah. So again, like when you show those stories of you having a crappy day, it's relatable to most people. For sure. And you change your, like having a flat tire on a trailer or track come off or, you know, machine won't crank you change your perspective you know instead of like oh crap my day goes to to crap you know like oh man i got this and this is this going on but if you change your perspective and like hey that tire takes literally like 10 minutes to change we'll change it we'll get back on we'll be okay and just change your perspective on things really has really helped me as well in my daily task yeah and just gotta remind yourself that you get to do this because you have the luxury of being your own business owner and like you knew when you signed up, there'd be a day that the track would break. You knew that the the, the radiator would break. You knew that you were going to yeah. have down days, right? So you just got to put it in perspective and remind yourself like, hey, this is what I signed. This I get to do this. I mean, I, I'm blessed to be able to get to do this because it means I own the equipment. And the only one that can fix it is me. And that's really cool. That's honestly really cool. Like people don't understand, like some people didn't wake up today. Some people, you know. You're breathing, you're smiling, you know, you're, you you woke up today, you've got a family that loves you, you're on a job site, and so what, a track came off, man, like, pout about it for 30, 30 seconds and get on about your day and smile, you know, like, that's, that's actually okay. a tip. That's actually a secret, like, there's a lot of people out there that say, set a time block, again, a time, whether it be 30 seconds, one minute, five minutes, and get as angry as you want and have a tantrum, like do it in, in private, of course. Right. But like, let it out. Yeah. Don't try to, don't try to eat it and bury it. Cause it's going to show up somewhere else. Right. So like, give At yourself home. like, yeah, give yourself that one to five minutes, whatever it is, have your moment, you know, pity party for yourself. And then when that time's over with go, all right, I'm done. Let's find the solution. Let's get it on track and let's finish this job or let's, let's call this customer and whatever that work is. But like, it's, it's again, giving yourself that grace to have that moment. For sure. I struggled with as well, like having hard conversation with customers or, you know, like, you know, you don't want to call and tell them that, Hey, like my track broke, I won't be able to get back on the job site for three days because I have to order the track, whatever it may be. Uh, no one wants to talk, you know, no one wants to say that, but you have to, and just be communicative and they'll understand if you're doing a good job and, and, and showing up and, and being the guy they understand things happen. And I'm really big on, you know, the communication part and being like a lot of people say they're busy, right? But are you being productive? So big I really, difference. it's a really big difference. Like, oh, I'm too busy. I can't, I can't make 10 phone calls. I can't make a reel because I'm too busy. Really? Are you too busy to make a 90 second video? You know, like well, it's- Pull out your iPhone and check your yeah. screen time for the last seven days and tell me how busy you were. You couldn't make two 90 minute videos. Right, right. And 
I think we're on the same page, man. It's it's yeah. It's, they're just it's, unco- it's, it's uncomfortable to do it, so you find other activities to stay in your comfort. Yeah, it's the hard things that people struggle with, and I was one of them. But now I look forward to making it real. I look forward to telling people about my day struggles, or hey, let me tell yeah. you about this win, this win today, or or hey, like like I read this in the Bible, or whatever it may be, and I look forward to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's this book that I read a couple of years ago excuse me. And I probably read it three times since. And since our conversation today, I'm probably due to read it again, but it's called mm-hmm. the slight edge by Jeff Olson. And it basically talks about, it's just like Darren Hardy and the compound effect, right? The little discipline, the daily disciplines of small tasks when compounded over an amount of time is when you start to see a drastic difference. So if you took a hockey stick and laid it on its edge, like all this work at the gym would just be a straight line. And then nine mm-hmm. months into it, you'd see like a hockey stick growth of weight loss and strength and look and energy. And the same goes with the cold calls. You had to make a hundred of them. So you had no response. You didn't quit. You kept calling. And then you saw the hockey stick growth from the effort. Mm-hmm. And, and that's literally applies to every area of your life. It's, it's just making sure it's the daily tasks, the daily disciplines or the weekly disciplines, however you have your tasks set up. And if you do those and you commit to it and you don't veer from that commitment, you will see hockey stick growth at, in whatever area that you're applying that to. For sure. And, and um, my coach calls it staying in the small things. People don't realize, you know, getting in God's word, going to the gym, doing your non-negotiables, breath work, cold showers, staying in the small things, 10 phone calls a day. Over time, there's no way you're not going to see success if you really right. truly commit to yeah. it. and. I'm not perfect. There's some days I don't feel like going to the gym. I don't feel like making phone calls. I don't even want to get up out of bed, but I know if I don't and I let, I let that slide, it's just a downward heel effect. So I'm not perfect. There's some days where I don't do 10 phone calls, but you keep going. (laughs) Everyone has little, you know, hiccups here and there. Um, As long as you stay in the small things and be consistent, like you said, you'll see the hockey stick growth. Yeah. And let me ask you this, like talking about the gym, for instance, the days that you don't feel bad, you just get up, it's a normal day and you get dressed and you go to the gym, do your workout and get back. Are they memorable to you? They are. They, they are. are. Especially, especially when you see results. Okay. But I was saying, I was thinking the days that you have to struggle through, I don't want to go. Oh, today. Okay. You're like, no. And you go grind it out. Like you come back even more and you're like, God, I'm so glad I went. I got so much more energy than I did when I woke up this morning. Oh yeah, it's, for sure. For sure. Fighting like, through that struggle actually makes the, you know, makes you, makes it more memorable to you than just doing something you do every day. Like I couldn't tell you what I made for lunch yesterday. Cause it was probably the same thing. I ate 50 yeah. times this year. Right. I got what when you're I go saying. to a cooking yeah, class like, and learn something new, even though I'm not comfortable doing it. Like I remember, Oh, I remember exactly what we made. And it's the same with those daily disciplines. Like when you fight through them, I think Andrew Huberman from the Huberman lab podcast talks about how feelings don't drive actions actions drive feelings so if you don't feel like going to the gym go to the gym and all of a sudden you'll have a feeling of gratitude that you went to the gym like the actions you take drive your feelings the way you feel doesn't drive your actions like we always wait until we feel good to do something go do something it'll make you feel good i like that i like that i i think david goggins says this like i don't want to i don't want to go home or i don't want to be sitting in my bed thinking i could have done this but i didn't yeah, I had time, but I chose not well, to do insane. it. He's insane. Like that dude's. Yeah, crazy. yeah. <laughs> Obviously, I know David Goggins. Yeah, I don't but that's who Andrew Huberman was actually talking about. Was David Goggins <laughs> saying he's got the secret code to life? 
because yeah. he takes action and then lets his emotions follow and he doesn't take actions based on his emotions. Mm. I, the days I don't want to go, I just tell myself exactly what I just said. Like, I don't want to come home later and knowing that I could have got up, but I pushed smooth. I don't want to be, I don't want to have regret or like being, you know, like, like I said earlier, being consistent. I don't want to like, I let one day slide. And I'm, yeah. It's just a, down, it's just a downward slope. So uh, I live by that. Like, I don't want to miss, miss, I call that my time. And I, I hate saying that, but it's, no, it's, no, you need to take it. It's, it's for this and you, and I'm not training to be this, you know, this big, you know, you know, of course everybody wants to be big, you know, why not? But, you know, like, I'm not training to do a marathon, but I want to be capable of, you know, having to swim if I have to, or running a running, you know, or, you know, fighting off someone from my family, whatever that may be. And, I want to play basketball um, with my son for more than three minutes. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And, but yeah, I, I, I can't, I can't sit in my bed at night and knowing that I could have got up and do something and I didn't do it. Yeah. That's awesome, man. And um, I'll tell you what, if anyone out there listening to this is like thinking about making a change and like, you know, like, hey, I'm going to take some of the advice that I'm hearing today. I had to learn the hard way. And what found that works really, really well for me is I take one to three hours every morning and I create my time blocks of what's important to me, whether it's going to the gym, spending time with your loved one, getting some uninterrupted work before you start taking phone calls and reading emails, whatever your morning looks like, block out those first few hours and do the same thing at the end of your day. Like at a certain time of night, six o'clock, we're going to play with the kids till seven. We're going to give them a bath. We're going to do this. And then I'm going to watch my show or I'm going to decompress. I'm going to turn the TV off. I'm going to read the Bible because you can control those two or three hour blocks really easy. But the rest of the day, man, Business happens, man. The phone rings, this breaks, this goes down. Like you're just kind of at the mercy of what the day brings some days. So if you start scheduling gym time at noon every day, you're going to be severely disappointed when you can't make it every day at noon. And it's okay to tell people you're, you know, like, like, let's say like what you just said, like, let's say you time blocked or, you you know, it's your time between 6am and 7am, you know, and people are calling you left and right, or you're on a podcast, it's okay to tell them you're in a meeting, you know, it's your time, you know, it's your, you don't tell them that, but you just say, hey, I'm in a meeting, you know, but you know that, you know, you're at the gym or you're whatever it's, you know, you're doing, you're focusing on yourself and your personal growth or whatever it may be. But I would say add to that time blocking, just make sure you have your, obviously your, you know, your kids in there. And then, you know, people, um, I had a, uh, I had my coach, you know, I'd made a time block when I first started and he's like, well, where's your wife in there? I, I, I didn't put her, you know, I didn't put her like in there. And I was like, wait, that's kind of bad. You know? So I had to change that. So I was going to add to that, but make sure you got your kids in there, you know, yourself, obviously touch your business and add your wife in there, you know, it, you know, and you'll see a huge difference in your yep. family life as well. Yeah. So every day, I mean, I work from home, of course, because we have more online style business, but every day at 5 p.m., my phone has an alarm. It's it's in my calendar every day. Dinner and Tracy time. And it's from four to seven. Nice. So like That's like my, me saying, hey, whatever work you need to do, she goes to bed at eight o'clock. If it's that important, go back to the office and do it after eight o'clock. But from four to like from five to seven, five to eight, go be present with the people that are important to you in your life. That's my time frame, right? It might be six to nine for somebody else or whatever that is. Yeah. I like that. I, I, I like how you said that be present like that. I wasn't being present and being the father. I know God made me out to be, 
mm-hmm. before starting this journey. And now that I am, like like you said, you're you're gonna start seeing success in your business, your home life, everything. It's just a big hot, you know, you know, big spiral, man. I'm I'm telling you, it's it's one of the best decisions I've ever made. And I think everyone needs a business coach. I think it's a, one of the best things you could do. That's awesome, man. I almost feel guilty talking about groundbreaking growth after this after this interview. It sounds like we set it up for that, which we did not. <laughs> <laughs> so I if you're out there listening and you're like, and this is this is resonating with you, we focus a little bit more on the business side. Although you can tell from my experience, I study the personal side. Groundbreakinggrowth.com. It's a business coaching program specifically designed for the excavation industry. We work on defining your business, building the cornerstone of your business, teaching you how to do better marketing, better sales, so you can profit from your business. And then when the time comes, the strategies to have the right culture, hire the right people, have the right systems, processes, and frameworks so that you can scale your business. So if you're if you're interested, want to learn more about that, go over to groundbreakinggrowth.com, fill out the form, and you will actually speak to me on the discovery call. So there's the, there's my plug for, for groundbreaking growth. So yeah, that's um, awesome. Yeah, dude, I could talk this stuff literally like we go out to dinner and if things get brought up about personal development or strategy and all that, like Tracy's to the point where she kind of like rolls her eyes knowing it's not going to be a five minute answer. Yeah. Same here. Um, Same here. Yeah. You know, like she came home from work last night and I was cooking dinner and then she's like, it's so quiet in here. And she walked in the living room and I'm in there reading a book. And she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, well, I haven't got my 10 pages in today. Yeah. I, yeah. Same. Same. I, I love it, man. Like changing you, it starts with you. And um, once you change you and and be the, be the man that God made you to be, I could talk about it forever as well. Like it's, it's because you feel so good about it. You want to share it. Like you feel on top of the world. And once you feel on top of the world, you treat your business like the way you feel. It's just a upward spiral from there. Hundred percent, man. Hundred percent. I got nothing else to add to this. Like I think we've <laughs> just hit it out of the ballpark today. I love this conversation. Same here, man. Awesome. And I'm so so happy you reached out, and I'm happy to be on the show, and look forward to doing another one sometime. Absolutely. Well, guys, get out there, improve your life to improve your business. Um, he's done it himself, and and it's it's a proven strategy that works. So. Take some time, adjust your own personal life so that you can actually live your life. Don't wait till you're retired to figure out how to live your life. And uh, until the next episode, guys, get your attachments at Skids to Your Nation and your coaching at Groundbreaking Growth. Take care, guys.